1: Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of The Herald-Times, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. And thanks for joining us today on our uh, Thanksgiving weekend special Noon Edition. We have three great guests in the studio with us. We have Heather Tallman with us. She's from Edible Indy. Heather is a Bloomington native, and she's managing editor of Edible Indy magazine. Also the creator of BasilMama.com and host of Around the Kitchen Sink Radio. And we have Aaron Warner in the studio with us. He is a biology teacher at Terre Haute South and is also a board member of Terra Foods. He has shared some of his recipes with us already. We may be talking about some of those. And also joining us is uh, sometimes co-host of Noon Edition, Annie Corrigan. She's You all know her. She's uh, the host of Earth Eats and all, and all around radio personality and food insider. So thanks for being here, Annie. Uh, you, uh, you can't call us today on the program. We may be getting some straight calls, but um, they won't be from you because you can't call us today. We're, we're pre-recording this. For the holiday weekend. But we're going to talk about holiday foods, and um, we're even sampling a few that uh, were brought in to us by Emily Wright, our producer, and we're grateful for that. So, Annie, and we're,
0: we're pre-post holiday remorse as far as yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: I, want, I want to start with Annie because uh, you know you're you're the radio pro. You're the one radio pro in the room. Oh we're gosh, all, mm-hmm. we're all we're not pros. We're all volunteers. So. we will see what I can do. Right. So no pressure. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> holiday holiday foods. I mean, I, I'm sure that you did a lot on them on Earth Eats. I, I've heard some already, and I know that you've got some favorites. Do you have any? Oh, gosh.
2: In terms of what I like to eat, any holiday, but especially Thanksgiving, it's the side dishes for me. The big turkey, the big piece of meat is great, but it can get really interesting and special with side dishes. Mm -hmm. Sweet potatoes can be any number of things. You don't have to add marshmallows to sweet potatoes. Creamed spinach can be really delicious. A salad can be really interesting depending on, you know, how you dress it. So for me... Bob, I don't really need the turkey,
0: and I'm not a vegetarian, <laughs> but I love my side dishes. Okay, I really like the concept of mixing like the different kinds of flavors, like sweet and smoky, um, in different side dishes, and kind of going around the the flavor world, if you will, and bringing in the different aspects. Is that what you did uh, for? Is that what your? It's kind of awkward because we're pre-recording, but is that your plan for your Thanksgiving? Well, yeah. So. The
2: thing with Thanksgiving is it's a traditional meal, right? Mm-hmm. And so people are expecting tradition. My tradition is mashed potatoes with peas and gravy, and I mix it all together, and I have to have that. But So then you can add interesting flavors like a little bit of smokiness like you're talking about. Maybe you can add a savory element, maybe like some ginger in your pecan pie. You add these little bits of ingredients to make it just a little bit more interesting this year, but still sticking to your family's tradition. And I mean, we've got We've got a cook over here in Heather, so you've got some ideas for how to switch up traditions, I'm sure. I do.
3: You know, a lot of people have a hard time straying away from the can when it comes to cranberry sauce. And, yeah, I know the traditional loaf-shaped cranberry has graced a lot of tables. I know it did mine growing up, and that's fine. And a lot of people really won't stray from that tradition. But I think taking a second to kind of spice up some of your side dishes where, like Annie said, is really a place to shine on your table You know, cranberry sauce is really easy, and you could take it several different ways. You can do a nice uh, earthy ginger taste, or you can do a citrus take on it. So in five minutes, you can make something that kind of brings something different to the table, so to speak, and uh, maybe you can change your traditions just a little
1: bit. And I know you have a recipe for that, right, on your website?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. I did three mm-hmm. cranberry sauce recipes last week just mm-hmm. to kind of show two that were from the bag, just with fresh cranberries. Very easy to assemble. My kids like them. Very palatable. Not too tart. Not too sweet. And one of them actually was a no-sugar-added version. I used uh, Indiana maple syrup and fresh mm-hmm. apple cider. So it kind of brought something a little bit different. And really, that it, it cooks down to like a nice compote you could have any time of year. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I sometimes mm-hmm. confess things on this show, and I have to confess that it took – I think I was in my 20s before I realized that, that – the, that cranberry from a can, those little ribs on it, wasn't some fancy design. Well, it does you know.
3: perfectly mark it for slicing, <laughs> really. <Yeah. so>.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Aaron, I know you've, uh, you've given us some uh, recipes for some leftovers already, uh, which is great. I mean, we need leftover recipes. There are, gonna be a, there, there are going to be tons of turkey around our listening area today. So uh, give us one example of something you like to do.
4: Uh, we always go a, a big turkey. However many b- folks we have, we basically have one as, as big as it will possibly fit in our uh, our oven. And so I, I want those leftovers big time. So <laughs> you know, the, the traditional pot pie, uh, I'm kind of ashamed to say, I will confess, I made my first shepherd's pie in the recent past. Uh-huh. And oh my gosh, have I missed out. Uh, so I'm definitely making a shepherd's pie with the uh, whipped potatoes on top, and I'm going to use a uh, – uh, a piping bag and, and try to get some of that nice flakiness with that broiler on there, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And then I always try to make tons of gravy because the gravy just makes everything better. Mm-hmm. And and I do like mixing the sweet, and I have to confess that that is just wonderful. And if you ever go to someone's house and it's a dry turkey breast, there you got the cranberry salad mm-hmm. to juice in it up just a little bit and add mm-hmm. some sweet.
1: Um, well, I want to talk about your pot pie recipe too. I, you know, I hadn't had pot pie in years and years since you know the the old days with the same with the cranberry. We had those little pot pies when I was a kid, and we got one. Uh, my wife and I got one from Blooming Foods mm-hmm. just about a week or two ago, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I haven't been eating this my whole life." You know, so and now you've got one on here that you make with your. Uh For me, it's all the
4: crust. Yeah. I've I'm a crust snob. <laughs> I've, I've never <laughs> bought one, and it's really hard to get store bought crust. And so to me, that's that that's where it is. You can throw anything in a great crust, and man, it comes out great. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Doing the shell first, some folks don't like the bottom crust, uh, but doing the top together, I hate a soggy crust when you cook something too moist. So if you cut just a nice round circle and you cook that along with your bottom pie shell, heat the filling, and then you put it all in together, and now you've got a double crust uh, uh, pot mm-hmm. pie, and man, that's just mm-hmm. wicked good. Now, <laughs> I notice on your
0: recipe, you do give the option of using, of course, flour, and you go shortening or lard, um, salt... Um, and just a little cold water. But um, so you're you're one of the folks who's come around and saying, hey, for something like this, lard is, is a great product. Where, where do you guys stand on the lard, the whole lard controversy? Lard's had a bad name for a while. Oh, 100
2: uh, percent yes, always. You say? <laughs> yes. And, you know, you I'm don't a, I'm a fan conflicted. of butter. <laughs> oh, I've, got, I've got a lot of feelings about lard. Please, yeah, first, yeah.
3: Yes. You know, I... I Confess, I, I use lard. I you know, I think everything in moderation. And when I bake, I really kind of go with whole ingredients, lard mm-hmm. and real, true butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like I'm going to eat the whole stick and I'm not going to eat the whole pot pie, but I really think it brings it out. The mm-hmm. flaky factor, really, mm-hmm. you have to have the real thing.
0: So for those of us who've gotten out of the habit of using lard or have never used lard, is there anything we need to know, like how to store it or... I I refrigerate it, and I've had people tell me not to
3: refrigerate it, but I, I just refrigerate it. I, I, I'm, I'm all refrigerator all the time.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm not sure I can give advice on how yeah. to use it, but just one uh, one reason why I prefer that. So lard doesn't have an ingredients list. Oh there's there's no side <laughs> panel on lard that uh-huh. tells you all the ingredients. It is what it is. So if you get shortening <laughs> or something from the grocery store, chances are there are going to be several listed ingredients that you can't pronounce Mm -hmm. you don't know what they are Mm -hmm. and for me yeah let's do some lard because i know exactly where it is if i got my animal locally then i know where it was raised that to me is more important than the calorie or the fat count Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right well you're listening to a pre-recorded edition of noon edition today on the day after thanksgiving we're talking with uh, three foodies in here. Annie Corrigan, you're all familiar with Annie, the host of Earth Eats, uh, and a radio morning radio personality here on WFIU. Heather Tallman from in- Edible Indy, a Bloomington native. She's managing editor of Edible Indy Magazine, creator of BasilMama.com, and the host of Around the Kitchen Sink Radio. And Aaron Warner is here from Terre Haute. He is a board member at Terra Foods and also a biology teacher at Terre Haute South. I wanted to ask you, Aaron, a little bit about Terra Foods and, and what your what your role is there as a board member and and what the organization is like.
4: Well, I'm a mediocre secretary.
0: Uh,
4: <laughs> we are trying to open up a store, and uh, exciting things are happening right now. We've uh, got over 600 members now, and, and we're hoping for this third or fourth quarter of next year uh, to have a store open, and we're looking at sites right now, and that's very exciting. Um Terre Haute, is, uh, it's a great community. It's a college community. We have lots of colleges there, you know, uh, and it's missing something, and it's missing uh, local food. I'm also I'm a grower and a member of the board of our uh, downtown farmer's market as well, and that sort of, I think, really opened up things. Wow, you can, you can sell stuff locally, you know, at a fair price, and mm-hmm. people have flocked to it, and it's been a tremendous success. We actually sold out all our uh, spaces this year, and I think Terra Foods, the store, is just the next step. And so uh, we're really excited to bring that to Terre Haute. We are ranked actually as of the 300 co-ops that are trying to be started right now around the country, we are in the top 10 as far as those that are most likely to exceed, succeed and needed in the community. Mm-hmm. So it is
1: it is very exciting. Do you, uh, do you know the folks at Blooming Foods and get any tips from those guys?
4: They have been invaluable. They have been mm-hmm. so generous with their time and resources and uh, a lot of the paperwork that we're like – how do you get a general manager job description? None of us are business people. Mm-hmm. We don't have retail experience. And they just said, oh, here you go. And <laughs> and it's without them, I, I'm not sure where we'd be, nowhere near where we are right now. So it's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I level when co ops cooperate. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I couldn't help myself, sorry. It was right there.
1: Now, Heather, you've you've started all your businesses, all your ventures yourself. Yeah. Uh, so you know, what's sort of behind your passion for food and cooking?
3: Well, for me, I think I had a great upbringing here in Monroe County. I was exposed to a lot of different places, a lot of different tastes and flavors and thought processes, and that really got a, started a good foundation for me. But as a parent and still residing in central Indiana, it's important for me to lay the groundwork for my kids to show them how they can eat within a certain range of their home. They can do things for themselves. They can provide for themselves uh, in eating in a healthy, whole way. And uh, it's just a passion of mine and something I want to pursue, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's just been kind of moving ever
1: since. I might say you're from Greenwood, Franklin? Yeah, I live Greenwood? just south of Greenwood, Bargersville. Of... Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're you're in this general vicinity, too.
3: Yes, 38 minutes from downtown. That's the way I like to think of it, from oh. Bloomington. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, let's talk a little bit about about your uh, holiday traditions. You know, we're heading into that Christmas season. The shoppers are certainly out today. I'm sure, listening to us, as getting hungry as as they're going out. So, are there certain things, Annie? Are there certain things for for the Christmas season that you have to have a certain kind of Christmas cookie or holiday cookie? Is there any?
2: Oh man, Bob, put me on the spot. Gosh, man. the in my family. We change our holiday meals every year. Some years it's duck. Some years it's Cornish game hen. Uh, my mother and father are both big cooks, so I come by it honestly. Mm-hmm. But for me, the, the tradition for me is in the leftovers. Not just because the show is about leftovers, I promise, but pumpkin pie Friday morning. I always have to have a slice of pumpkin pie. Turkey sandwiches for every lunch for the next three weeks until <laughs> the bird is gone. So for me, the, the special part comes after the big meal.
1: hmm yeah, but same true. for you. Heather. That's true.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, the first couple of years, and I've been married for a while, so the first couple of years, we did very straight-up turkey noodles, sandwiches, that kind of thing. And then within the last couple of years, I will make for breakfast the next day like a frittata because you always inevitably will have bunches of fresh herbs mm-hmm. left over. You're going to have some fresh vegetables that used maybe for your stuffing, you know, celery and onions, and that kind of thing. So I'll just make a quick sauté of turkey and some onion and celery, maybe some peppers if we have it, fresh herbs. And then I will always – I always have a lot of eggs anyway. But you can just make a really quick frittata or a quiche. That's kind of something we started a few years ago just to shake things up a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Do any of you have a big <clears throat> Christmas breakfast? We do. Yeah,
3: yeah, we really yeah. do. It, my kids have kind of grown to expect it. There's are certain things that they like to see. You know, I make uh, sausage balls. I I have a friend who has a great sausage that he smokes just for Christmas time, and we'll make that. And there's always the fruit salads just because you need to maybe start your day off with some fruit <laughs> when you're going to have a decadent holiday. Um, it's the same thing every year. They kind mm-hmm. of grow to love it. And I, that's the nice thing is when they leave, that's going to be what they want to come home to Mm -hmm. and me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) My folks have started an interesting tradition, and we have uh, rounds of present opening. So you just can't be in there and just be Cro-Magnon and go at it. Uh, You open a present or two, and everybody – you watch everybody open. And then you go and you have a a course. And -hmm. then you go back and you open some presents and have a course. And we always start off with a a fruit salad – that uh, has star anise and, and uh, mm-hmm. other things inside there. My mom always puts it in an old stocking, so we say that's the real flavor is the, the foot. Mom's foot <laughs> is what flavors oh. uh It doesn't taste like foot. It is, if it is, it's a great foot. Uh, <laughs> But we, we have these rounds, and we'll have a, a quiche, and uh, uh, some folks don't like quiche, so she always has ham um, as a side. And so it's re- as a kid, it's awful. It is just mm-hmm. cruel, cruel right. to children. Mm-hmm. But uh, as an adult, it's, it's really nice. Uh, mm-hmm. You feel quite pampered. Everything's done ahead of time, and so it's just sort of you just put the next item in the oven, and it's warm when it's time for the next round of food. It mm-hmm.
0: okay. sounds pretty good. Right. Now, I noticed you mentioned noodles, and we've had the great noodle debate or the great noodle discussion on the show in the past we've talked about food it seems to my my family is not from this area originally and so this was kind of a head scratcher like really you have noodles that's part of it so does everybody here include noodles as part of their holiday meal uh, we do in my family because that is something my mother makes very
3: well she'll roll them out she hand cuts them that's kind of her thanksgiving thing um, i do not however make noodles that's that's outside of my cooking skill level. Mm-hmm. But um, that's kind of her thing. So probably because of that we do. I've been to other gatherings at Thanksgiving where people don't. Do you have them at Christmas also? Uh, no, just, just Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. Do you guys have, are, are homemade noodles a tradition in your homes? No. Gosh,
2: no. I wouldn't even know where to begin with homemade noodles. <laughs> but I'm, you know, that sounds interesting. I might have to take that up this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
4: We're a leftover. I, I, def- I love making homemade noodles. Uh, I uh, one of my cooking heroes growing up was Jeff Smith, and uh, I got all his books, oh, yeah. and there's a great recipe for noodles, and it's so easy. Um,
0: Is that the one you're sharing? That's, uh, the, that's
4: the one that's in there, okay, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, Nettie Smith's noodles. Um, and they're just outstanding. Uh, it's just such a difference, and you roll them to the thickness that you want, and when you got all this dough, you can roll some out for a lasagna if you want to and mm-hmm. leave some as the cut noodles. You can hand cut them or... I got a really cheap, really nice Italian pasta maker that, you know, just a hand roller thing for 10 bucks. And so I've been using that forever. And it's
1: just, it changed. It changed me.
0: Yeah. The molecular level it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: Part, part of our debate was on the great, you know, noodles or dumplings. You know, what's, what's the difference? How, how? Can't we
2: all just get along? Yeah. <laughs> noodles and dumplings? Why not? Starch <laughs> it up, friends.
1: Yeah.
2: It's all about the carbs. Hey, with lard. Yeah. <laughs>
1: This is not a low-cal uh, show today, so no? Dumples?
2: Well, you no, know, and it's it's not supposed to be a low-cal day. No. Thanksgiving, Christmas, this is a special occasion. These meals happen mm-hmm. twice a year. You probably have a couple other big meals that your family gets together for. That's okay. Put the food diary away. Don't step on the scale for the next week it's okay it's Thanksgiving and Christmas would you guys agree with that
3: I think so and I think the the myth that people really super overindulge on Thanksgiving it's not I mean I know I don't but what I'm cooking is usually more decadent than what I would be cooking throughout the year like I that's when I pull out the duck fat I'm using duck fat a little bit on Thanksgiving because I really think it adds a lot of richness and I'm a, quite a fan of duck anyway but
4: yeah I do dumplings both ways. Yeah. I do the dumping on the top. I roll them out and do that. I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong with a dumpling. It's pretty yeah. simple. Yeah. Fat and flour and salt. And you That's it, it in, huh? Yeah. Wow. Put it in animal broth. It's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's good.
1: All right. All right, let me remind you again, that if you want to call in and ask our guests questions, you just can't today. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, it's a pre recorded show for the holiday weekend, but we hope you'll stick with us. We're talking about food with uh, Annie Corrigan, Heather Tallman, and Aaron Warner. Mary Catherine's here. I'm Bob Salzberg and we're just chatting about about uh, various holiday foods. You know, we have to mention that uh, on Thanksgiving this year yesterday it was also the first day of Hanukkah. And I, you know, I'm I'm Jewish, so, you know, but I grew up in a town where we were the only Jewish family and my dad was in the retail business, so we were Christmas all the time because that was just what people did in our town. So mm-hmm. I'm a big Christmas fan too. But at our Thanksgiving gathering uh, this year, I was tasked with making the latkes. So anybody uh, mm-hmm. have any latke tips? I mean, I'm I've got you know lots and lots of recipes for them. My mom's got one that I like to use. But um, you know any. Any ideas? Any thoughts? I
3: certainly don't, but I do love to eat them.
1: Yeah. And these are <laughs> potato pancakes for those mm. that are... Uh, Maybe
3: with, uh, with some nice spiced apples. That's mm-hmm. kind of the way I like
1: applesauce them. Applesauce yeah. and, yeah. and sour cream. Those are two of the... Oh. Yeah.
2: I just found a, a recipe mm-hmm.
1: for you did, Bob. Okay, yeah. Good.
2: It's on Earth Eats, old-fashioned potato latkes. And so if you've got some roasted potatoes that are in your fridge, leftovers, it looks like shred those up, add some applesauce, a little sour cream... For serving, for that would serving. be another way to yeah. to reuse some potatoes that yeah, have you can reuse them. Rice.
1: A lot of the recipes call for you know fresh potatoes that mm-hmm. haven't been cooked and with a little onion, maybe some matzo meal. I mean, there are could lots you of rice them?
0: Of... Could you make them out of riced potatoes? Do you think? I don't know. I yeah. love my ricer a lot. Mm-hmm. Gosh, mm-hmm. we need
2: some people on Twitter to help us out with this.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Well, you know, for for your holiday enjoyment this year, just try those. You know, just fry those babies up there. I think you'll like them. That's you
0: know, awesome. <laughs> that's an interesting point, though. When you think of um, holiday food, I seldom think of anything fried. It seems to be the the Thanksgiving and the Christmas holiday food seems to be more oven-oriented as opposed to the fried food so that might be something so it
1: smells good and you don't burn yourself yeah <laughs> that's all good yeah all right well so we you know we're let, let's just sort of go through a, a meal or some, well no i want to go back to cookies because that's just one of my favorites so you know there's always a some kind of cookie party to go to on the holiday season we have friends that do that and mm. sometimes my you know our, our family will have people over and make cookies so heather your favorite cookie recipe
3: You know, I make a chocolate crinkle cookie, and that's really kind of our favorite. Because for me, cookies, you have the nut cookies, the fruit cookies, the spiced, and the chocolate. That's kind of where they all fall for me. Uh, But we make a lot of thumbprint cookies and a lot of chocolate crinkles, those are kind of a family favorite, and they travel well. It's just a pretty straight-up cookie recipe where you, you're you substituting some cocoa, some, some nice dark cocoa, and I usually use the darkest that I have, mm-hmm. um, in just a standard sugar dough recipe. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you've made the dough, I refrigerate it, and then I scoop it out in about I don't know, two hours after it's chilled into little balls, and you roll it through some powdered sugar, and you bake them. Just very simple. Your kids can get in on the action with you, and they're very easy to send. They hold up well mm-hmm. to being shipped mm-hmm. to other people. So mm-hmm. they're a good gift cookie.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aaron? For favorite? me, persimmon cookies. Oh. And, and persimmon, the smell of persimmon is just fall and winter. Uh, mm-hmm. I just... Uh, uh, got mine all prepared last weekend. Um, I'm afraid I don't remember the recipe right offhand, oh, right. but uh, uh, such a moist cookie. And I think you need to eat them within about a day. After a day, they just – they don't – they start to dry out a little bit sometimes mm. or get too moist. I don't mm. know how it is. I don't know how it happens, uh, but they are – it is the essence of fall. Uh, you just uh, have to eat them right away. It, uh, yeah. Warm, yeah. And it's got to have nuts. In my opinion, it's got to have nuts to be – to be a real persimmon cookie. Otherwise, it's just an imitation.
0: And, you know, persimmon pulp is getting easier to come by than it used to be. You, oh. can, you can find it a lot of places. I mean, even major um, grocers are starting to carry fresh, well, frozen uh, persimmon pulp, which I assume frozen o- is
4: okay. Um, I, I, I always freeze mine because I, I freeze it in like one-cup batches, uh-huh. or one and a half, so I know I've got enough for a recipe. Um, yeah. A friend of mine is actually a, a, a researcher on uh, persimmons and he's, he's breeding them and he has these amazing varieties and I have yet to get over there but he has these trees that just have and he has them named these trees that have these the essence of ice cream oh, or this one is very banana-y and it's just unreal and this guy has dedicated his retirement years to doing this and uh, he has a guy that comes and, and gets all his persimmons and pulps them out and so I, I forget how many thousands of pints they produce but it's being more and more available to other folks out there to experience this. Sounds it's like that's
0: going to be an item that's available at Tara.
4: Oh, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Jerry Lehman's the guy's name. Bug him. Bug him. Amazing individual. That's fantastic. Any any cookie
1: recipe you want to share?
2: Yeah, I want to put a shout out for vegan baked goods. Mm -hmm. Hang on. Hang on. I'm a meat eater. (laughs) But vegan baked goods are where it's at. So I I just pulled up uh, a recipe here for, let's see, these are almond cranberry oatmeal cookies. And the vegan part is that it uses almond butter and it uses vegan chocolate chips. If you're curious about experimenting with vegan eating, baked goods is the way to start because these cookies, I don't know if either of you have had vegan baked goods, but they're my favorite. That's all I eat now because they're just so tasty. You're nodding your head. No, no. I I
3: am not a seasoned vegan baker, but I have found that some of the most moist cookies have been vegan cookies. i telling you. And sometimes I think it's the addition of using the nut butters instead of traditional butters. I think it really lends a lot of, of the moist factor to the cookies.
2: And you can wow your friends with some with yeah. some vegan bacon.
3: Yeah.
1: We're going to have to take a short break, and, uh, and then we'll be back. So you're listening to Noon Edition, our special holiday weekend food show, and uh, we'll be back. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of The Herald Times, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. And our three guests today, we have with us Heather Tallman from Edible Indy. She's a Bloomington native, the managing editor of Edible Indie magazine, creator of BasilMama.com, and host of Around the Kitchen Sink Radio. Aaron Warner is here. He is a board member at Terra Foods, and he's also a biology teacher at Terra Haute South, and – He uh, is involved with a lot of local food um, initiatives over in Terre Haute. And also we have Annie Corrigan, the host of Earth Eats, the morning host at uh, WFIU, and an all-around radio personality person.
0: Right? I guess so. <laughs> I'll take it.
1: <laughs> All right, but you can't call us today because we're pre-recording this program. Um, but hopefully, you'll stick with us, and and you'll be really hungry by the time we're <laughs> we're done at one o'clock today. All right. So, what do you want to talk about next?
0: Well, I I have a question. Um, I noticed, uh, Aaron, in your things, that you had the recipe for whipped cream, and I love that you included that. It was uh, to go along with a, a sweet potato pie. But I think whipped cream is an example of one of those things that you can home make. And the difference is so substantial between homemade whipped cream. I'm, my mother was a whipped cream purist. I mean, you know, and, you know, you grow up with that, and then you taste the other, and it's just, oh, really, just go to the extra effort and make a little do-it-yourself. So are there other things that um, people traditionally source already made um, that you would recommend, hey, go to that extra effort and go ahead and, and do it yourself at home? You'll really taste the difference. Well, I think
3: you're definitely right about whipped cream. I think if people knew how easy it was to make and how quick, mm-hmm. they would do it a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, it's not the same as tearing open the, the lid of something you could buy at the store, but it's so much better. You'll be so much happier that you did. But that is yet another tradition that a lot of people have a hard time breaking. But I think it's probably the easiest thing that you can make on your own besides stuffing. But I'm kind of a stuffing girl. But uh, definitely whipped cream.
4: Yeah, a stuffing guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty traditional. My wife's wanting an apple stuffing this year, and so, okay, mm-hmm. yes, dear. We'll uh, just make more so, than one. Um, that's I, I, the th- th- I think yeah, we a- do two. Yeah, yeah just one do One will get the apple and one won't, yeah. yeah. Oysters or no? No. My family is interesting. There's this one likes this, but not that. And then trying to please everybody is kind of mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the oyster stuffing for my stepfather especially, but mm-hmm. um, I haven't served it in years. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, my my in-laws love oysters all sorts of ways, and I can't stand them. So.
0: <laughs> Any, anything you would recommend that people go ahead and break down and home make instead of buy from the store already made? Everything. (laughs) Everything. Here's why. I read recently butter. People said, hey, you know what? It's not hard to make, but the taste is so substantially. Yeah. Not long ago, our
2: parents, grandparents, great-grandparents made everything. Everything. They made their butter. They made their whipped cream. You know, they milked the cow. It's not that far away that Every part of the meal was homemade. The holiday is a great time to remember that, as humans, we are lucky enough to have the ability to cook our food and make it taste even better than just straight out of the ground. We're very lucky in that way. So try something. Try making your own cranberry sauce. If you've got a big group gathering, assign recipes to people who are coming over for Christmas and say, you know what? Instead of buying stuffing, try to make it this year. Because it's the holidays, you're going to do something special, Mm -hmm. right? So why not reintroduce yourself to how fun it is to cook and how much healthier it is when you mm-hmm. cook, how much it yeah. tastes better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just everything is better if you make it.
4: Homemade <laughs> biscuits. Right. I always yeah. make homemade biscuits. And, and to me, just something out of a bag, I don't care. It it just is not the same. And put my honey on that biscuit, and now you're... Now
1: <laughs> you're <gone>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, one of your leftover recipes I was intrigued by. Uh, the deep fried or oven baked green bean casserole is on your list of recipes. Deep fried green bean casserole? Uh, uh, you can do it. We're yeah. more
4: of a fan of oven baked. Yeah. Again, Thanksgiving. We, uh-huh. we, we deep fried a turkey once and it was a bad experience. Um, <laughs> lots of flame where it's not supposed to be. Uh, didn't burn down the house. I was anything. just going to say house the
0: garage. Did that make it through the it, process? <laughs> it, was,
4: um, um, it was terrifying. terrifying. Uh, it was a flamethrower. And so anyway, I, I stay away from a lot of deep frying. Uh, so so oven-baked, I, I prefer. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, just put some um, uh, breadcrumbs around that, form it into a little ball. If you do the canned green beans, which are mush, <laughs> yeah. that'll form into a ball. If you use fresh green beans, you're probably going to have to dice them up a little bit. But uh, yeah, just another way to have them. Okay. All yeah. right.
1: So the, the uh – the the meal is uh, has been done for Thanksgiving now, and we've got these. Uh, you know, we got a lot of leftovers for turkey, and we've mentioned a couple ways to do leftovers. Um, you know, one of the reasons we always have so much leftovers is because people buy so much food for the holiday and cook so much food for the holiday and and what family hasn't said we've slaved over this food all day long and it only took us 15 minutes Mm -hmm. to eat it i mean every family says that right
0: yeah but every hostess's worst nightmare is that they're not there isn't enough food i mean talk about shame you couldn't live with yourself if if you know somebody if you ran out of something that somebody wanted so it's a it's a it's a hard balance you can't, you can't necessarily accurately judge people's uh, hunger levels, and of course, you know, a few extra dishes always seem to turn up, uh, oh, wow, I was cooking, so I thought I'd just right. make this also. But, sure. Annie, do you have any suggestions on how we can get around this difficult issue?
2: Well, we just talked about this on Earth Eats recently, actually. So we had someone in from allrecipes.com, mm-hmm. and we asked people on Twitter, you know, what worries you the most about cooking these big holiday meals? Mary Catherine, you nailed it. Having enough food. Everybody's so worried about it. So we, we put on our website a, a good way to think about serving size. So mashed potatoes. Typical serving size, maybe half a cup, three quarters of a cup. That's pretty stingy. So think about a cup. And then you work backwards. So a, if you're going to give a cup of potatoes to everyone, then you think, let's say, it's about six potatoes to make two cups. So then if you've got how many people around your table, you're going to need this many potatoes. And then in terms of a turkey, we gave proportions for a turkey as well. It's so like a 15-pound turkey is going to feed about 12 people because you're going to figure about a pound and a quarter per person. So mm. get out your calculator you know, before <laughs> you buy your food and figure out how much you're going to need. Because, yeah, the whole reason we're having this show is because we've cooked too much, right? And we don't want the food to go to waste. not the only reason. Like. Well, so we love talking about food, <laughs> right. number one. But, yeah, we don't want to waste the food. Right. So let's cut the problem off at the very beginning and not cook so
4: much in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who hasn't used their garage as a refrigerator? (laughs) Yeah,
0: right. Well, of course. (laughs) I used my barbecue grill. I put stuff out there because then the raccoons can't get to it. Close the lid.
1: I didn't know there'd be so much math involved. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: I think
1: cooking cooking well,
2: be prepared. Just like the old Girl Scout saying, right? Be prepared. You don't want to just go into the kitchen blind. And and Heather, you can speak about this more because you're a much more experienced cook than I am. But you know, cooking is, it's a serious business. It is. And and I think when you're
3: hosting, my little piece of advice is to really, really delegate. Like you said, either giving recipes or making a suggestion of what you think they can handle, what their comfort level is. I mean, don't give your great aunt stuffing if she really only ever orders her food at a restaurant and doesn't cook. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't give that stressful recipe to someone, but I really think if you plot out, like you said, kind of measure and decide and calculate what you need, delegate it well, there's a chance that maybe you could stave off having too much excess mm-hmm. and making people feel like they have a part in it. Um, I tend to take over in the kitchen and decide that it's just much easier if I do it all myself mm-hmm. than, you know, that's you know, some control, whatever, um, <laughs> Um, but I we may have I, some issues. I <laughs> have some issues. But I find I'd rather just make it all myself and watch everyone just relax. But at the end of the day, I feel like I've ran a marathon. Mm-hmm. Why did I do that? Why didn't I just delegate it out? Because I probably made too much. And if you give something to someone that you know they can make, that makes them feel great. You've let them have some responsibility, and you're truly all doing it together, which I think really is the core of the holiday.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, everybody likes to bring desserts too. That's. Always, there's always way, way more dessert than you know for any holiday meal than you probably really need, but that's okay. You know, we'll
2: it's special. It's the
1: holidays. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we're we're having a special holiday program of Noon Edition today. And uh, Mary Catherine and I are here with three guests, Heather Tallman from Edible Indie Magazine, uh, BasilMama.com, and, ho- and the host of Around the Kitchen Sink Radio, Aaron Warner from Terra Foods. He's a board member of Terra Foods. And Yellow House Honey. Is that your uh, your honey?
4: That's my label, yeah. That's I'm a beekeeper. Label? Started a few years back. And okay. uh it's a lot of fun. okay a lot of fun. And
1: Annie Corrigan the host of Earth Eats and the morning radio host here on WFIU. I'm sorry you can't call us today because we're pre-recording the show but uh, we're t- we're gonna make you hungry. Heather,
0: um, you made some references to including your children in the process. Mm-hmm. And I think especially as Christmas is, uh, you know, this, this coming season that we're in now is really the Christmas season. What kind of things uh, do you recommend people do uh, to keep their kids included and, and avoid what we just talked about? And I'm guilt, I'm as guilty as you are. <laughs> wrong. It's my kitchen. Let me take care of this. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, you know, everyone has this idea, like
3: vision in their mind. They want to make cookies in the kitchen with the kids, and you get it all out, and you do it, and it's stressful. It's getting on the floor. It's getting everywhere. No <laughs> one's having a good time, and, you know, you're in the corner. Why did I do this? But I really think that is an important – well, if you think it out well and you plan it out well, it's really an important tradition to start. With any younger member of your family, whether it be a niece or a nephew or your own kids or grandkids, give them that one day where the attention is all on them. Teach them one thing that they can make. And that's what you do every year and build Mm -hmm. from there. And, uh, you know, and I obviously want my kids to leave the house being self-sufficient in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I left the house and I was sufficient. And I think they need to know how to make good food choices, how to self-regulate what they eat, and how to go out and be a smart consumer. And, you know, why not start with a holiday tradition of just making a simple cookie?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, Heather, you know what I've heard is that if kids are in the – kitchen making something with their hands, or if they've helped you go shopping for the ingredients, they're more likely to try stuff. So if you've got picky eaters, maybe this is a way to introduce your kids to new foods. If they're invested in the dish, then they're going to try it.
3: That's true. That's true. We have before gone to, whether it's the farmer's market or a neat market out of town, and I'll say, okay, you each have $10. You get to pick out something cool and interesting, maybe that you never tried, something you want me to make or you want to make. Mm Have at it. And that has been probably that between that and teaching them how to budget or having them calculate as we go when we shop has been Mm -hmm. some of the best tools to get my picky eater. I have a picky eater and a very voracious eater Mm -hmm. uh, to get him to kind of get involved and to let him pick what we make. You know, he has a menu night where he has a night where he gets to pick whatever we have and then he helps. And that's really for him as a 14-year-old boy Mm -hmm. who has an appetite of a competitive swimmer. That has really helped broaden his horizons.
0: Mm -hmm. Those are great suggestions. What about um, if you're hosting a holiday meal um, and you know you're going to have several children, do you tailor any of the dishes specifically for the children? Sometimes I do. I
3: Really, really like a good homemade green bean casserole. And I think it's just because I grew up eating it, I make one that I love. But for a lot of kids, when they see that, it just looks like a casserole. Not a lot of kids like a casserole. So I think having some whole vegetable items or vegetables with really inventive dips that you've made, Mm -hmm. and you know, these are not things that take very long. You know, herbs and cream cheese. And salt and pepper, you know, so that goes a long way with veggies and dip. Maybe giving them something fun like that to kind of draw them in, and then eventually they're going to eat some of the more adult meals. You know, cranberry sauce sometimes to kids looks like a fun jello item, and, and they'll eat it. Maybe not having one on the table that's so tart,
0: maybe mm-hmm. having one that has just a little bit more of the visible fruit in it will kind of draw them in, I think. I always thought that the canned cranberry sauce as a child was a bait-and-switch. <laughs> it did look like jello, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was cruel.
1: I, I don't want to be a downer here, but, you know, we've talked a lot about lard and, and about full-fat foods, and, and you, know, you have to just enjoy yourself the holiday season. That's all true. But there are a lot of people out there with some food restrictions or people who have heart conditions that really don't want, don't want to fall off the wagon during the holiday season. Heather, do you have any any tips for how to, you know, a substitution or two that might be good for people this time of year if they
3: Well, I think Annie really hit the nail on the head when she said making it yourself. When you can control your ingredients and you can control that, if I knew I had issues with cholesterol or sodium intake, when I'm making it, then I already know I'm going to leave those things out. Mm -hmm. I think you can be decadent, but at the same time, not lay it on so thick that everyone is, you know, really feeling it the next day they're bloated, they're thirsty. Mm -hmm. Um, I think kind of keeping in mind your audience and who's coming and their dietary needs, that's a simple, easy, kind thing you could do so that they don't have to sit there and and really go without because you maybe didn't know how to make some substitutions. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Annie, anything? Yeah. To you
0: know,
2: add? I mentioned vegan baked goods okay. earlier. Mm-hmm. Let me just reiterate. I am a meat eater. <laughs> <laughs> I love meat. But I feel like we could all take a page from vegan eaters. And all it takes mm-hmm. is a really quick Google mm-hmm. search to find recipes that look absolutely delicious, that contain Zero animal products. Way lower on the fat, if that's what you're concerned about. Low on the cholesterol, sodium, you know, low across the board, still going to be delicious, really nutritious, local, if you buy the stuff locally in season. Experiment with some vegan stuff this year. Don't be afraid of it. It's, and you might be surprised at how great it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Now, now, I know on Earth Eats, I hear sometimes you guys are talking about various cocktails and things that you're whipping up yes, there. Yes. Any uh, suggestions for a holiday uh, drink
2: yeah. that might be a little oh, different? I got a great one. So we all have the wine that's on our wine rack that you know, was a gift, and it's just we know we're not going to like it. And it's been collecting dust. We don't know what to do. We don't want to drink it. Have your guest bring those bottles of wine that they know aren't tasty. Make yourself a mulled wine. Put in some orange rinds, a little sachet of spices, star anise, cloves, cinnamon. Heat it up and let it perfume the house with this amazing smell. And then you've got this great... Mold wine that you can treat yourself with. You can make a mold cider in the exact same way. I don't know what. What are your holiday? That's t- a great drinks? idea. That that is a great
3: idea because I think everyone has that bottle of red that maybe they got as a gift and they think you know this is going to be a headache in the morning and and they don't <laughs> they want to try but really mold yeah. wine that's the good idea. Yeah. And for me, I I'm quite a patron of the Indiana wineries. I think there's some good white and rosé is something we serve a lot this time of year. If you want something a little fancy after, you could serve a prosecco. With maybe a little bit of Saint germain that's a nice floral mm-hmm. after dinner light when everyone 's very full it 's not going to make you feel too
4: uh, full mm-hmm. <laughs> when
3: you drink it, but that that 's something that we've served.
4: Mm-hmm. Part of my, my bee business is I uh, pollinate for an apple orchard. And so in return, we don't exchange cash. I get all the apples I want, and he squeezes my apples and pears for cider. So I always oh, freeze wow. up some organic pear cider, which is just crazy good. And uh, we have one of the soda streams, and so we mix fruit juices with those soda streams. So I guess to include kids on the fun drinks, uh-huh. um, it's really nice, uh, a lot of fun. But you cannot add carbonation to anything but water. It explodes. Oh. Period. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can just carbonate the water, but you add whatever you want to it in the ice, and uh, and that uh, organic pear cider is, is, is really nice. Uh-huh.
0: Good to know. I, um, we've got – the holidays are the gift-giving season, and a lot of people like to give homemade – Baked goods or other uh, items i um, one of the best things I ever got was some um, cranberry frozen cranberry chutney that was fantastic so I'm wondering if you guys have any suggestions on um, things that people can bring maybe as hostess gifts or if you have um, some family or friends living out of town that you want to send to. You. you mentioned that your cookie recipe is a good one that yeah, travels well. Yeah. I remember my mom used to make bar cookies. those traveled well because you could t- pack them tightly. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, do you have any suggestions on, on things that uh, make good hostess gifts or, or friend and family gifts? Well, well, what I would say is
2: if you're going to do something preserved or canned, do it now. Mm-hmm. Do it right now. <laughs> right now. Don't wait, because if you're going to give this over the December holidays, you're going to want it to be done and sitting mm-hmm. for a minute. So let's say you've got uh, what's this time of year coming out of your gardens no no beans. What's coming out of your garden,
4: Aaron? Uh, uh kale. Any any um sweet potatoes that I actually got in the garage and didn't freeze outside. Um my lettuce actually is still doing okay, and uh, I was gonna ask you about some basil. All my basil froze, so I got tons and tons of basil. Uh, but uh, what to do with that? Well, but I'm not anyways, sure you can so can, can
2: too... greens. I don't. Gosh, what yeah, could you can no. this time of year? I don't. I really maybe don't this know. is not not a time for fresh canning. But you yeah. could do no, not fresh canning. But you could do some freezer
3: preserves. That would be a good yeah, gift, okay. and maybe you know never deny the the uh, importance of a fresh loaf of bread. Whether it's a quick bread, people just really like coming. You know, getting that kind of gift from their, their guests coming mm-hmm. over. And it's easy. And you can mass produce, you know, six, seven, eight loaves of And they have those little loaf bread. pans. Yeah. I like to use those because then nobody you aren't
0: eating it for a week. It's just yeah. kind of a treat for breakfast to have a couple slices, yeah. especially if it's a fruit bread. Yeah. Yeah
4: yeah this is the time to make the jellies, and I tell folks that can in the summer just if you've got tons of space in the freezer, just put the tomatoes in your freezer and cook them down in the winter time when you're not actually trying to cool down the mm-hmm. kitchen you're cooking up if you've got a lot of extra room I and you can take them it. out
0: to the garage or the grill and but, cool them there off. You yeah. there you huh. go there you go yeah
1: so this might be a crafts question, but you know years ago those bread machines were all the rage. <laughs> Are those worth using, or do you do
3: I'm you, not a bread baker i don't know. Yeah. I use my bread machine because uh-huh. I seem to be yeast impaired. I, like there are a lot of things I want to learn how to make baking, like uh-huh. brioche. That's kind of my bucket list item to learn between now and the end of the year. But I do use my bread
4: machine. Good to know. You go into phases. Yeah. It's great. You know, yeah. you get into the swing of it, and then you get out because you get a busy week, and then you're out of it for a while. Mm-hmm. But because uh, yeah, they're,
1: they're so, they're actually so easy to use. Oh, yeah. But I didn't mm-hmm. want to, you know, offend anybody by. No, no. I'm talking first. about bread
4: machines. <laughs>
2: Make, making bread. If you use a bread machine, do uh-huh. it. Make yeah. it yourself. That's the thing. I'm not a baker. Just yeah. I, I, I've tried. Do what it takes.
1: Okay. Uh, we've got just a few more minutes to go, but I, I know there, there are a lot of other great foods for the holiday season. Uh, Annie?
2: Yeah. So I went around the office and I talked to people about what their favorite leftover preparation is. Everybody. Uh, uh everybody to the person said sandwiches, turkey sandwiches, mm-hmm. and Yael Cassander said it the best. She said, un-Thanksgiving it. So mm-hmm. use your turkey, but then switch it up. Put some cheese on it, some fresh greens, you know, whatever you have to do to sort of forget the fact that it was for din- dinner the previous evening. Or, so my favorite, I'm going to take a page from Laughing Planet, our local burrito place. They do what's called the Holiday Burrito. I don't know if everyone's had I read this. about this. It's <sighs> yes, I can't in- wait to have one. incredible. Mashed potatoes, turkey, peas, corn, all in there with cranberry sauce wrapped in a burrito. Oh, Heather, yeah. your face right now, Heather. Yeah. With <laughs> gravy as the dipping sauce. Now, it's wow. perhaps the best thing you've ever had. And it's a sandwich, but it's a different way of thinking about a sandwich. And listen to all those leftovers you're using.
0: Oh, that's yeah. that's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to
2: have to have that before I head back.
0: I, yeah. We're going to be lucky if we get to finish the show now before people get up and <laughs> to go get one of those burritos. Hey, you know, we've got Uh, Thanksgiving is in the rearview mirror. Christmas is coming up and then of course close on the heels to Christmas is New Year's Eve um, any um, recommendations for how to handle a, a New Year's Eve meal or, or anything special that you think is, is a nice uh, tradition or um, I don't know just good ideas for New Year's Eve well gosh what are the traditional New Year's Day foods black eyed peas mm-hmm.
4: corn, corn beef. beef corn beef Collar greens. collard greens mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. plenty of recipes for that if you want to plan your New Year's Day meal that could be a lot of fun. Plenty of
1: recipes for?
2: For, for a, black eyed, a black cold black-eyed pea salad. We've got yeah. s- several of those on Earth Eats. Uh, corned beef is easy. Cabbage, mm-hmm. also really easy. Mm-hmm. quick Google search will get you that menu in no time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a really easy meal to make, too. I mean, it's easy, delicious. Yeah, and it's a fun way also to... And make, leftovers.
2: Yeah, create new family traditions maybe with your mm-hmm. kids. You've got Thanksgiving. You've got Christmas. You can make New Year's Day also a family tradition. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in right.
3: New Year's Eve, I think it's easy to do you know, small plate entertaining and yeah. not make a big deal out of it, not feel like you're making a big meal and bring everyone in. And you're all standing around and talking a lot of times anyway. And why not just put out little dishes of this and that? So kind
0: of more of a – that's my favorite way to eat is appetizers. I would yeah. be all appetizers all the time if given the option. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. forego any big – regular meal yeah. any particular uh, favorite appetizers you like um i usually will put out a variety of olives
3: uh, a, r- a variety of spiced nuts that's what a lot of people mm-hmm. seem to like mm-hmm. um, dips I make a spice, spicy tomato with goat cheese dip that's great you can dip in you know crusty bread you could dip in vegetables pita uh, but that's something i make every year and we usually always have chocolate fondue oh, on new year's amazing. eve that's oh, kind yeah, of that's our funny. our thing
1: yeah. Nice. Well, I have to ask about a couple more of Aaron's recipes because uh, there's one on here, sweet potato yum yum pie that sounds pretty good. It's a sweet potato pie?
4: Yeah, so. my sister does a sweet potato yum yums. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I – I, I will ditto what uh, Annie said earlier. You don't need to put marshmallow; in it is so sweet, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's so sickeningly sweet. You almost need the crust to kind of calm it down just a little bit. Uh, but you take that, you put it in a shell, and and people think you went nuts. And again, it's that you know that homemade crust that uh, that does it. And in that case, I actually don't put the whipped cream on uh, on sweet potato pie. It's so sweet as it is. Um, mm-hmm. That's for the. I do a pumpkin chiffon pie. That's our thing. We don't do the dense pie. I like the whipped, uh, more of a, a mousse and. Mm-hmm. it 's really tasty, uh,
1: and then the other one I wanted to ask about is a cranberry salad muffin
4: yeah it, it this if you if you take the the hearty cranberry salad, not the canned stuff it 's not yeah, going to work right. and it 's going to take you probably two times to do it right to find out what the right ratio is of uh, of moisture, but just take your uh your favorite muffin recipe and you throw in some cranberry salad, just cut down the uh, the liquid, whatever it is um and oh, yeah. And yeah. you've got some nice crunchiness and uh, little bits of uh, all the goodness in there
0: oh, that yeah. sounds delicious it's a great idea
1: right okay <laughs> so if you if you've made bread for the holidays uh, now you know you've, you some meals you're going to have stuffing, but are there when you 've got a bunch of yeast rolls left over or something like that. Heather, what would you do with those?
3: Oh, French toast casserole. I think that's something I would I would give it a couple of days and let it get a little, you know, dried out. And it would make a great overnight French toast casserole. Just make a quick custard, egg custard, some orange zest, a little bit of that fresh orange juice, cinnamon, and, you know, dip your bread in there and let it soak overnight and bake it the next morning. That, I do that a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. I, would, I, I guess I'd make croutons and then I'd, you know... Use those croutons, maybe grind it up even more, create some stale bread and make breadcrumbs.
0: Yeah. I'd make yeah. turkey sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, uh, you know, those mashed potatoes that you made way too many of. you going to oh, make.
2: It's, if you have leftover mashed potatoes from Thanksgiving, I'm shocked, because at least <laughs> at my table, that is the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so leftover mashed potatoes, I think you're lucky, and you just reheat those, mm-hmm. put some turkey on
0: top, and you're good. Yeah. I've never had leftover mashed potatoes. Potato
4: pancakes. Okay. yeah, yeah. Throw the oatmeal in
1: the egg.
0: Bob, yeah. wh- where can people get... Aaron's lef- uh, leftover recipe ideas. Are we going to have those posted? I would line? imagine.
1: Yeah, we're going to have them posted, and I, I would bet that if Heather wants to send anything over or Annie wants to send yeah. anything yeah. over, We've got or,
0: edible in we yeah. need to. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
1: and if any any of you uh, listeners out there want to want to send something, I'm sure we'd probably do that. But we are out of time for today. It's been a, a great pleasure to talk to all three of you, all four of you. It's mm-hmm. always a pleasure to talking. To oh, her, you Catherine. too. Bob. Yeah, so I want to thank That's Annie Corrigan, a snack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Annie Corrigan, Heather Tallman, and Aaron. And Warner, uh, for um, our producer, Emily Wright, for our engineer, Mike Pashkash. Have a happy holiday season, everybody. I'm Bob Salzberg.
5: Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald-Times,